Many Christians are intimidated by the doctrine of the Trinity, and they also find it difficult to defend. Today on Creation Talk, we're going to unpack what the Trinity really is. Welcome, my name is Gary Bates. I'm the CEO of Creation Ministries International US, and today I'm here with my colleague, Lita Kosner. She's our New Testament specialist for CMI. So Lita, uh, you heard at the intro there, uh, many people are, you know, or struggle with the doctrine of the Trinity. We actually get quite a few emails and questions from folks, uh, not only asking about it, but actually denying it who claim to be Christians. So uh, particularly new Christians, it's a bit intimidating to try to understand what the Trinity is about. Well, yes, and it's really a unique doctrine. And when people even hear the word doctrine, they can become intimidated because they think it's this complicated thing. But really, a doctrine is just something God has revealed to us about himself. So the doctrine of the Trinity is what God has revealed to us about who he is. So I just want to focus on that word doctrine because it almost sounds like uh, an arbitrary thing, rules and regulations. But I like the way you said it's about what God revealed to us because in the New Testament, for example, we look at what the New Testament authors wrote. Most of our, if you know, like in in, in scare quotes, church doctrine is built upon what God has done in history, what he's revealed in history, and particularly what he's revealed about himself. And I think when it comes to the Trinity, you you did say the Trinity makes Christianity unique. There are a lot of religions who have a God, but you know, am I right in thinking that Christianity is singular in that it purports to worship a triune God? Yeah, the doctrine of the Trinity is absolutely unique. You have Unitarian religions like Islam and modern Judaism, and then you have polytheistic religions like many of the ancient religions, and even Mormonism today is a polytheistic religion. But the Trinity is unique in that it says um, monotheism, there's one God, but that God is not a Unitarian God. God eternally exists in as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are co-equal, co-eternal. Yeah. Don't you think, uh, and it's not just in this area, but as a ministry, we're an information ministry, we answer lots of questions. We get a lot of questions, and we can see what's underneath those questions is human rationality. You know, clearly, you know, you exist as a single individual being, so do I, but we're thinking about God being distinctly also three persons. That's kind of foreign to us, but hang on, don't we have to take a step back? We're talking about God. We're talking about a unique being that existed before anything. How can we, in a sense, put him in our image? Aren't we better off letting God tell us what he is like, who he is? Absolutely. And, you know, even some of the heresies come about because people are trying to reason from the creation to the creator. Right. And the creation is part of what, I mean, it does reveal God's nature. Talk about heresies. And and look, folks, we're not out to offend, but we are a Protestant evangelical ministry, so we make no apologies for that. That's what we're here defending. Um, but some of those heresies, if people haven't heard about them, Unitarianism, Islam, Christadelphianism, they all deny the Trinity. Uh, polytheism, Mormons. Now, some 
uh, religious sects do believe in the Trinity, but they don't believe that, and this is an important aspect of the Trinity, they don't believe that Jesus, for example, is equal to God and the Holy Spirit. In other words, they might say that Jesus is a created being. Well, yeah, and at that point, you don't really have the Trinity. If you say, well, I believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but the Son isn't really God, or the Son came into being at a point in time, or the Holy Spirit is really just sort of like a force, he, it's the power of God going out, you know, all of those things, they might say they have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but if they're redefining one of those persons, they don't really have the biblical doctrine of the Trinity. Yeah, classic, of course, is the uh, in the Watchtower version of the Bible, right in John 1, right, they actually add a letter and say Jesus was a God, where John describes him in, as God. So what they're doing is they're actually denying the deity of the Son. I've often wondered that if Jesus was not equal to God, and tell me what you think about this thought, that he probably doesn't have the power to save us from our sins because only wouldn't the creator himself only being equal with God, wouldn't he really be the one that has the power to save us from our sins? Well, that gets to the point of why the Trinity is really important because it's not just this dry doctrine. It actually impacts how we can be saved because if Jesus was just a man, his death can't pay for our sins. Yeah, and of course some, I think, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, believe that he's the Archangel Michael. Correct. Yeah, so we get into all sorts of strange ideas, and we're not there to necessarily critique those, but actually to support what we believe. Some passages, for example, Lita, um, you and I are going to read out a couple of passages from Scripture. You're going to start with uh, Matthew 3.16, 3.17. So it says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Right. So you get an indication there about the equal nature of the three persons in the Godhead. Uh, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. This is one people will be familiar. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's Jesus speaking. He says, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Again, the, the equal nature of God, not just baptizing them in the Son because he's given authority, but in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Yes, and it's a singular name. It's the name of yes. the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, good point. And then in Romans 8.16, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ— provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And I think this is a really good passage because not only do you see the three persons of the Trinity and the way they work together in salvation, but you also see our unique relationship with each person of the Trinity. Yeah. I mean, that's not immediately self-evident until you kind of flesh that out. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4-6, there are varieties of gift, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord Jesus and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So what's that saying? Well, again, it's a Trinitarian formula. Paul is in intentionally putting the persons of the Trinity in this formula, and so it shows that Paul is a Trinitarian, and that's part of his writing and part of how he's teaching. Yeah. 
So we chose passages there that are just not mentioning, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but what you were doing with those is kind of unpacking the meaning behind them, which I think is also important and is also, I think, uh, lost on, uh, on some folks, the, the depth that we have there. And one interesting thing I've always thought about, you know, we are a creation ministry, and of course, you know, for us, a uh, key verse is the very first one in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, now, one of the things we've pointed out is that the Trinity existed before creation, right? Yes. And there would have been perfect love, because we talk about God being love, but there would have been perfect love between the three persons of the Godhead, right? Right, and that's really important because we believe that God is love. Like, love is one of God's attributes that he has in himself. But that's only possible with the Trinity. If you think of a Unitarian God like um, Islam or modern Judaism has, who is that God going to love before creation, before there's anyone else to love? If God is Unitarian, he can't be loving and of himself. But we believe that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existed in perfect harmony and relationship before creation ever was. So it's not the, like God was lonely and he needed mm. to create us so that he would have somebody to love. God had perfect fellowship within himself. Yeah, good one. I actually like that. So uh, I, I mentioned in our intro that this is a difficult doctrine to defend, and I just want to say to viewers, you know, this is going to be a, a short uh, presentation because it's a podcast so if you really want to know more in depth, we can't cover it all, but we can assure folks, can't we, that there is lots and lots of information in Scripture to support the Trinity, and you should go to creation.com forward slash, type in triune, or creation.com forward slash Trinity. They'll flash up on the screen now, but they'll also be in the description uh, underneath if you're watching on YouTube. Now, we've all been guilty of this. I've done this even when I was a young Christian. We have bad analogies of trying to dis to explain the trinity you know because it is a it is a difficult concept to um explain one of those i remember was water well, mm -hmm. you know think about water it exists as ice and steam and then it's in its liquid state that's the same stuff but it exists in three different forms mm -hmm. uh you know one of some of the others that uh, you've come across because i know we tend to send these questions to you when they come into the ministry anyway yeah well, we get people saying that, well, it's like a man can be a father, a husband, and a brother all at once, and so he has these different roles. Really, that's a heresy called modalism. Mm -hmm. And supposedly, St. Patrick used the shamrock to try to illustrate the Trinity, and we don't know if he really did that, but that, that would also not be a correct... So what's the shamrock? Not everyone has Irish descent, Lita. Um Explain to people what a shamrock is. Everybody knows what a shamrock is. Really? Well, I don't think so. So clover. It's a clover. All right. Shamrock is a clover. So there are three leaves on a clover plant, right? Yes. Good. Okay. We finally got there, folks. All right. So in understanding this, uh, what we're saying is God is unique. Yes. That's the point. And uh, human thinking, and so often we receive things about, well, God may have done this or he could have done that. We've always said, it's about what God said he did. And I think this is also a, a, an example where we can say it's about what God said he's like. Certainly in the Old Testament, you can see that uh, God is represented as three distinct persons. And I think throughout the New Testament, and even Jesus qualifies that 
uh, himself. And what's the gospel implications? Once again, I think, leader, just uh, to finish up, if people don't accept the Trinity. Well, if you don't accept the Trinity, that means either you're denying the deity of Christ, in which case you can't be saved because if you don't have the God-man dying for your sins, a, a simple man's death isn't going to save you, or you're denying the personality of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit indwelling you and sanctifying you and applying the work of salvation to you, then you're also... Um, then you're also not saved. <laughs> so what it comes down to is, as believers, we're called to trust what God has revealed about himself. And so if somebody refuses to believe what God has revealed about himself, that might indicate that they're not really saved. Well, it would indicate you're making up your own religion, isn't it? Exactly. And actually, I think we just spoke about a few of yes. those. Yes, <laughs> Well, thanks, Lita. Uh, again, this is only uh, a brief uh, exposition of all of the information that is available on the Trinity. Please check out those articles. These podcasts are ultimately designed to show you that we do have more information. If you'd like to keep this information coming, when you check out the links below, you'll also see there is a donate button. CMI is a faith-funded ministry. In our global offices, we speak in hundreds of churches every year. Uh, we put on podcasts like this. We maintain a website that currently has over 12,500 articles, and it's all free. So thank you to those who support CMI. We're very grateful that you can keep this information coming. But uh, if you like the information, maybe you might also think about helping us and just follow the donate link at the bottom. That would be much appreciated. So thanks, Lita, and we'll see you all next time. Oh,